So the women that come to me for coaching and that I meet in my workshops talk about, they don't have any time. Like I don't have any time for self-care. I don't have any time to do things for myself. And essentially, well, you know, after I say to them, well, do you have time to get sick? Do you have time to go on a stress leave? Here's the hard truth. People are conditioned to ignore your marketing message. Most of the stuff you'd create doesn't get read, doesn't get watched, and ultimately, nobody buys from it. I'm Jason Lynette, and I'm here to help you stop being the best-kept secret to the people you know you can help. If you're a business owner, and if you're ready to cut through the overwhelm of launching something that creates massive impact and brings in an awesome income, you are in the right place. Welcome to Attract Pre-Sold Clients. And then there's the time that I firmly convinced myself that it's not about getting rich quick. No, not at all. Instead, it's about getting comfortable slowly. And yes, before you show up to my house with torches and pitchforks to protest the fact that I'm kicking off this week's episode with that statement and possibly throwing some shade on it, throwing some doubt on it, let me kick this off first of all by pointing out that yes, for the majority of people, that absolutely is true, if not, should be true. However, oh, here comes the however. Let's dive into the belief shifts already this week. It would be the fact that I noticed that the more I convinced myself that it's not about getting rich quickly, it's about getting comfortable slowly, the more I said that to myself, the more I migrated to the belief system that that was the absolute truth and that was the only way. And I'd point to two specific stories that both kind of come around to a principle that I'm sure I've shared here before, that when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. Let's rewind my story back. It's around the year 2010 or 2011. And at the time, I was doing the occasional speaking engagement. I was stepping onto a platform, doing a presentation, a program for a corporate group. And here's the range in terms of what my pricing was at the time. And simply because here came an invite to do a program that the timing wasn't a fit, the location was a little further away than I wanted it to be, and I was kind of already on the way out of doing that. Because I didn't want to do it, I threw out a price that was a little above twice what I was typically charging at the time. And there were two spikes of anxiety that occurred when, step one, the company said yes, and I realized, oh, I guess I'm doing this thing, anxiety spike number one. And anxiety spike number two was, I bet I could have set a higher number. And immediately, there established a belief system that, again, when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. And I share this because in that singular moment, in that pinpoint spotlight of a moment, it became clear that I have that value. I can step onto that platform, give that presentation, and now the four-minute mile mark has now been established, and that's the new level at which I can charge a rate for that. Fast forward, it's either 2015 or 2016, and it's the first time ever in the shape of the business that I had multiple five-figure days, one after the other. And it was a gorgeous, gorgeous week. And I had never done that before at that point in my history of running a business. So again, back to the kickoff of this week's episode. It's not about getting rich quickly. Instead, it's about getting comfortable slowly. Again, here comes the however. 
And the however really does apply over to belief in terms of what you choose to believe in terms of attracting the right clients and the right audience to your business. Because I would argue the longer you hold on to that belief system that this is the only option and that's the best way that things can go, you are going to gravitate towards that reality. Which perfectly leads us into this phenomenal conversation that you are about to listen in on. Shelly Wallace is a coach out of Canada with a variety of different skills that she's brought together in a truly one-of-a-kind program. And she's someone who's currently working with us inside of our Premium Influence Consulting. And the story behind this conversation that you're about to hear is basically this window of time where suddenly she went viral on a social media platform and scored this $7,000 day in the shape of her business. And as soon as it happened, it turned into, I want to hear the story. And as soon as we began to capture it, I knew that this is a story I wanted to share with all of you as well. So you're actually about to listen to this conversation in two parts, because part number one of this is something that, let me admit, we thought to record after because the audience that listened to this entire conversation live as it happened was one that received quite a bit of email promotion, quite a bit of social media marketing leading up to it, and the audience had a bit of context. So in a moment, I'm going to bring Shelly on. She's going to do a little bit of an intro to herself and sort of the three-minute version of this entire conversation to set the stage for everything that you are about to listen to. Now, what I really want you to listen to in this conversation is, first of all, again, that shift of belief. What happens when suddenly we can look at a situation and realize there's no limitation of opportunity? Instead, there's only limitation of imagination. And by doing so, Shelly dove headfirst into what we were working on together inside of the Premium Influence Consulting Program. And then by doing so, well, you're about to hear her incredible win. Second of all, it's kind of back to that old story of, I think his name was Roger Bannister or something very close to that. It's not in front of me. The man who ran the first time a four-minute mile on record. And suddenly, here shifted this belief system that this was possible, which, a bit of a thank you to Shelly as soon as she was posting her win inside of our private space. Then others began to post similar wins as well. Hey, you know what? Good stuff can become contagious, inspirational, and viral in the positive ways too. So in a moment, you're about to hear this sort of quickie intro that Shelly and I did together, and then we're going to dive into this entire conversation, listen, become inspired, think differently, and go after these incredible opportunities in the growth of your own influential business. Here's Shelly. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am Shelly Wallace, and I am a life coach and clinical hypnotist with 20 plus years experience working on the front lines of mental health. And a few years ago, I made the decision to leave that 20 plus year career because I had really crashed into a, a case of burnout. And I found myself in a in a place where I was just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired all the time. And I need to make a change. So that sparked a healing journey. And over the course of that healing journey, I made the decision to leave that career and start my business, Shelly Wallace Life Coaching, and show women 
high achieving heart centered women, very similar to me, how to transform self judgment, stress and struggle into greater energy, focus and happiness. And so that's what I've been doing in my business over the last four years. And we're about to dive into a longer conversation and let everybody listen in on that one here. I've got to highlight this one part though of what would you say is the biggest difference for you that now it's a clientele that you're choosing to work with versus who that system was then previously delivering to you? Yeah, it was a really big shift. It's such a great question because it was a really big shift for me leaving mental health where my clients were mandated and then going into a business where women were very motivated to work with me and to invest in themselves through that process and show them how to create shifts in their belief systems that were keeping them stuck in, you know, cycles of behavior, self-sabotage, et cetera, that, you know, just were not serving them. And we're keeping them in that place of, you know, depleted energy, feeling like they never have enough time living in their heads, you know, ruminating and worrying, stressing about things. So then coming from a space where previously it was the government mandating people to then work with you. And now the difference is the biggest change I'm assuming is that now these are clients that are exclusively choosing to work with you. And they're the ones that you've also chosen to work with. Before we dive into this whole conversation the audience is about to hear, I've just got to ask you, what excites you the most about the work that you do now? It's, I think it's, it's just really inspiring to be in this place where having come from a much more structured work model with mandated clients into this new space where I share my story, it resonates with a woman who shares a lot of traits and characteristics to me. She wants to make a change. She wants more energy. She wants to feel happier. She wants to feel healthier. And it's it's just really inspiring to be in a place where um, I can take everything that I have learned and applied in my own life and in areas where I've seen significant change and work with my clients so that they can accomplish the same, well, similar results uh, in a much shorter period of time, based on everything that I've learned over the last four or five years on my own healing journey. So I think one of the things I love the most about working with high achieving heart centered women is that it's just really, really inspiring to see them, you know, come alive again, to believe in themselves, to uh, engage in their lives with greater self compassion, you know, more energy, and really um, create and live a life that they can get excited about instead of a life where they want to hide under the covers, they want to hide away from, you know, they can get really excited about creating a life on their terms that they will really love and enjoy. Just to get a better idea of the work that you do, what's usually that triggering event? What's that moment where your ideal client realizes, here's the conflict, I need to do something about it? What's kind of that activation of that journey? Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of that lies in the telling of my story. So oftentimes when I am sharing my story with groups of women, whether it's just casually or whether it's more formally in a workshop or an event or most recently on TikTok and doing reels as I've been working on that through your program, uh, essentially, I think it's that they can see themselves in my story. I myself crashed into a very severe case of burnout about five years ago, having worked for 20 some years in frontline mental health work. 
And what I realized as I embarked on this healing journey over the last uh, five years is that the, the stress and the burnout were really a byproduct of a lot of the beliefs that I was carrying about, you know, who I was, how I needed to show up in the world in order to be loved and accepted and so on. And so over the last five years, what I've learned is that so many women, especially high achieving women, wrestle with similar beliefs, like I need to put everybody else's needs ahead of my own. If people around me aren't happy, then it's somehow my responsibility to fix it, getting into overcommitting, overgiving, overcompensating. And in my particular case, much of that can be attributed now to what was an undiagnosed case of ADHD. So I've just recently been diagnosed with ADHD, which also explains a lot to me in terms of knowing and understanding myself and where some of these behaviors come from, especially around the perfectionism and the people pleasing and so on. And there are a lot of women out there who can identify with a lot of, a lot of these pieces of my story. And so from there, um, that has created a relationship and a rapport, and many of them have become clients over the last few years as a result of that. I'd be curious to ask you inside of that too, that here's frontline mental health, where I'm assuming in that space, it was more here are your clients versus you selecting your clients? My clients were all mandated in my particular yeah. case. So I worked as an attendance counselor. I think in the US, you call us truancy officers. Yep. But here in Canada, there's a much heavier emphasis on, we do have enforcement, did have, because that was in the past, but um, there are enforcement pieces to that role. But essentially here, it's more about putting supports and resources in place, getting to the root cause of why the child or adolescent isn't attending school, and then putting supports and resources in place to get them back into school and, and attending. So um, yeah, they were mandated clients. Yeah, I was gonna say that shift. That's the part that, you know, so often becomes that sort of unintended result when now we're going out and here's what we're creating. And this audience of people that already self-identify as being high achievers, not to put down the previous work because that's incredibly needed. What would you say is that biggest transition for you of now it's the clients that you are picking. It's the ones that you are making that decision to go, this is who I want to help. Yeah, there's so many layers to that, like in terms of how I, my brain just went in a hundred directions because when you said the clients that you are picking are the clients that you are selecting. So yes, a huge amount of mindset work went into the first couple of years of my business, just around understanding, first of all, that it was okay to ask for money for my services, because mm -hmm. I had been working in social services and mental health my entire career, most of my life. So getting my head around that piece, and then also working, my role was in the education system. So there was always scarcity of resources and, you know, high competition for resources and so on between agencies and within our own organization. So that scarcity mindset as well, that was just like built in, you know, up until I really got, I really started to work with some really good coaches who helped me progress beyond those limiting beliefs that it's not wrong to get paid doing, doing something that you love. It's not wrong to get paid for helping people. 
And then uh, as well, the, the mind blowing aspect of that, I could create relationships with women who have a lot of similar traits to myself and that they would want to pay for my services, right? So that they could see them working with me as their coach. So in the early stages of my business, that was definitely, those were some of the obstacles and the limiting beliefs that I, you know, needed to make some shifts around. You just brought up something that's really profound there, which is not only seeing the value of the work that we do and having that value really be understood by the audience, not just for the sake of now I'm getting paid more, though now you are getting paid more. It's also that one part of that that story there where we can catch this transition where suddenly it's having spent some time around you, I'm assuming this isn't going to come across the wrong way, hopefully. <laughs> There's the we'll wind see. up. No, it's, it's that... It, it's not being presented as the, I'm the person who had this issue. I completely resolved it. I figured this all out. There's a tone in this, which is really respectful of, hey, I've gone through this too. And here's what I've done. And here's also my skill sets that could help you too. Yes, 100%. So I, I always have been, even in my past career, very client-centered. And always believe that the client has the answers within themselves. What they're looking for is a really good guide, mentor, support system, accountability, and somebody who can help. I hate, I don't like the word help. I prefer the word empower. Somebody who can yeah. really empower them nice. to get into that, that change, the to get into the momentum of creating a change and then also to recognize with and to treat themselves with more self-compassion that they don't have to be perfect. You know, you can make changes, progress the changes that are, you know, the most impactful are the ones we make in little steps that it doesn't have to be perfect and excellent and massive to be considered a breakthrough, to be considered a shift that can be transformative in your life. Well, it's also that that, that person in that expert role can really at times just be that person who's a few steps ahead where the current audience is right now. Yes. And it's the difference between it's working for me versus it worked for me. I'm past it now, which even that brings along its own baggage along the way. For sure. So then I'd love to get more specific here in terms of what was that shift in terms of it's from two angles as I'm hearing it, putting a value to the work that you do from a personal side, but also having the audience now understand and perceive and in order to buy, agree with that value. And I'll let you kind of take either direction here in terms of creating that value with the audience as well as the value within yourself. Okay, I'm gonna need you to reframe or yeah. rephrase the question, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's go, let's go one step at a time here, which is if you had to kind of pinpoint what was that bigger shift in you to be comfortable now, you know, charging a higher, if not more premium fee versus what would kind of fit into the expectation of the previous career of here's the dollars for hours, here's the this much per session type thing. What was that shift inside of you? Uh, well, I would began. I mean, there's been so many shifts over the yeah. last five years. And one of the things that I think you and I both recognize and so many other mentors and coaches recognize is that, you know, when you invest in yourself, like 
you're in, when, when you invest in a coach or a mentor, you're really investing in yourself. And I have done a lot of that over the last five years. And I would say that in terms of uh, getting more comfortable with charging a higher premium rate, that came from experience. Mm -hmm. It came from learning from my clients, refining things to suit their needs so that they could really have the breakthroughs and the results that they were looking for. And with that, like with client success also comes some degree of um, confidence, even though I really do credit the client, like they're the ones doing the work, they're applying all of the resources and strategies and so on. They're creating the change, but I'm providing the structure for them to, you know, really move forward quickly so that it doesn't take them five years to get to the place that, you know, I'm at. And I am still, I always say to my clients, like, this is not a one and done. Like this is an ever evolving process, working on healing our relationship with ourselves, which mm -hmm. is really what, what I'm doing myself and what my clients are doing as well. So then let's talk about the audience now truly seeing that value. Like what are some of those changes that then got that in there? So that by the time here's the number, here's the program, they go, yeah, that makes sense. I'm in. I think being able to communicate it effectively so one of the things that I really valued about your program is that it's really helped me to streamline my messaging, to communicate in a way that has greater impact and clarity so that there isn't room for as many questions to come up in the, in the potential client's mind or in, in the follower's mind, if it's on social media channels or whatever the case might be. So um, I would say that having a clear message, also having a clear offer. So, you know, having a proprietary system taking, so I've done a lot of learning over the course of my lifetime, but like on, you know, fast forward over the last five years and being able to take all of that learning and then package it in such a way that it comes through again with that confidence that yes, I have personally pioneered my five-step process. I have seen, you know, almost all of my clients get the results that they were looking for if they, you know, applied the steps and did the work. And um, so, yeah, the offer um, and the like the language pieces as well. So one of the things that I've really appreciated in your program and that I have now integrated into the reels that I'm doing, my landing pages, the offers that I'm making, even my sales calls have these pieces woven into them around communicating um, in a way that creates a belief shift in the client, essentially, right? That's what we're doing. We're shifting them into a place where they can believe that they could actually feel better, that they could actually have more energy, that they could actually feel happier, that they could be present in their lives and attuned to what is happening around them. Because so many women that I coach and that I meet in my workshops and so on say, I've been living my life disconnected from the neck down. I'm in my head all the time. I'm always thinking, always ruminating, always worrying, and I'm not present in the moment to really enjoy my life. 
And that disconnect creates tremendous amounts of stress within us and depletes our energy and causes us to say yes when we really want to say no because we're just on this place of automatic pilot. So I think I went off on a little tangent there. No, I I Um, loved every bit of it. And it's where I'm only (laughs) smiling over here because you'll see this as a leading question right away, that it wasn't the transition of, oh, it's this many sessions for this price now. Well, before it was this and here was the package rate. Mm -hmm. It was more from what everyone's just heard you talk about that it's that demonstration of here's what we're going to do together. Here's why we're going to do it. Here's the specific problems that it's going to solve. Here's why it's done in this specific sequence. And it's that belief shifting persuasion around the fact that now, okay, this Shelly's got this thing figured out. You know, they're already over there nodding in agreement before the offer is being made because it's the, she's been through this. She knows the story. She's seen this type of scenario before. And that's where we would often prefer it to be the easy thing of going, oh, just switch the number at the end of the price to a seven. That'll that'll sell more. No, instead right. it's the, how do we create that? What you've heard me say is the alignment, that connection between yeah. truly you and the audience. So it's in that space where now it's not just that, okay, well, I called this other person up and like they said they could help on it too. And theirs is this many sessions, this price. It's right. that there's just not a competition because you've carved out your own space with this. 100%. Yes. I love, I love that. Yeah. So the women that come to me for coaching and that I meet in my workshops talk about, they don't have any time. Like I don't have any time for self-care. I don't have any time to do things for myself. And essentially, well, you know, after I say to them, well, do you have time to get sick? Do you have time to go on a stress leave? Do you have time, you know, for all of these, <laughs> what? can you, you know, all the things that come with that, but also the time that it saves when you work with a coach who has greater insight and has already experienced it and has put it into, um, a, like I say, a structure or framework that, you know, it's taken me five years, like I said, but, you know, for a client, it may take four months mm-hmm. or six months. That, that here is part of the journey. Yeah. Here's everything that I went through. Here's how much of a struggle it was. And then I found this better way to do it. And that's now why I do what I do. That when we can when we can genuinely land that arc, it's where there's again that connection that the niche is not just who the audience is and what's the specific methods that you use. It's also who you are to the audience, which I'd love to dive into. Um which we have behind the scenes, the team and I, we've got this project management channel and we have these ongoing conversations and we're tracking where people are. And then here's the day you just swooped in. It was the, hey, had three calls and uh, sold, I think it was 7,900. Yeah. Was the total. And just I'd shy of eight <laughs> Pisses you off when that happens, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I would never say I was pissed off about that. Oh yeah, so. I know, I know. But yeah, still, it's, it's this one more, which- Yeah. yeah. I'm holding back from the thing in my head now, and this is not for the bragging rights, yet it was this big sort of um, leap forward that we did in the business last year, and it was only a difference of like 8,200, and Mm -hmm. oddly enough, here's the one person, Christine Marie, who's in our group that I interviewed a while ago too, was like, hey, you joined on and like you did this more custom thing and it was like just slightly above that. So all that matters is we're saying that was you. <laughs> but we find that moment where it's like so close, but still awesome. Uh, kind of walk us through 
what was that experience and walk us through um, what that, what that journey was for you. So the journey of getting to that $8,000 day. Yeah. yeah. $7,900 day. I think we can round up. I think we can round up. (laughs) We're going to leave out the fact that that wasn't Canadian and it's different here in the U S but still. It is. It is Canadian. Yeah. We'll still go with the. So everybody's going. now. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that day I sold uh, three coaching packages and I actually, um, with the whole ADHD oversharing thing, I'm like, is this something I should share or not? January was a month where I was really questioning myself because one of the things that I have a propensity to do is go off in a lot of different directions at once. And I have lots of big ideas and so on. And what was happening to me in January was I was questioning everything. Like I was in this place where I was really questioning what I was doing. Yeah. So, and how I was doing it and was this working and so on. So this day, this particular day, I had three women who had booked uh, uh, consultations with me after having a complimentary session related to a spa day that had been canceled. So I offered them this complimentary session. So they had done the session with me, then we're doing the, the consultation and I reached out to you that day because I hadn't been in your, pro- I think I'd only been in your program for a few weeks. And yeah, yeah. I was like, like, well, let, you know, let me I swoop in just for the, on my offer right now. Like what- I'll swoop in here only for the reason that there's this indirect mission that the team and I have, which is, and we've given it a name, the course junkie syndrome, where here's the person who will get access to something. And okay. Yeah. Part of it is videos, but here's the person who goes, I'm going to watch every bit of this. I'm going to watch it all first and then I'll get started. And most of us know how that usually turns out where we don't do the thing I'm about to say, but like our fantasy is you just joined on. Cool. Here's four videos. And then you unlock the next thing with the task, but you were messaging me and it was the, oh, oh, look at this. (laughs) Timing. Right. Yes. Yes. And I was surprised. So I should clarify that what I was questioning in January was my offer, right? Mm -hmm. And what have I been doing? And, you know, how am I going to get traction here? That was why I came into your program was to get that clarity around my offer, my languaging, to be able to speak in a way that would be more coherent and, and bring people to me and so on. So that particular day, I was in a little bit of a panic. It might have been the day before. I think it was the day up, though, where I was, oh, do I go with my old offer? But I've started working on my offer hack in Jason's program. And so do I, you know, tweak things? And anyway, there's a lot of back and forth. And so I reached out, I just on Messenger, I think, mm-hmm. just on the off chance. And you responded right away. And you gave me some really good guidance around um, how to package things. And then also you gave me some really good tips on how to communicate my five-step process within that call so that was really helpful and because I knew that I had you in the background I felt so much more comfortable and at ease it goes to what I was saying earlier around when you have when you feel supported you have a support network then it helps you to feel confident and move forward so 
I just went ahead and, you know, followed your, a combo, yours and my um, process. And it worked. And all three ladies bought coaching packages that day, which was amazing. Nice. I was so, and, and there's, I'm still coaching them. They, they each bought a six, six month package and they are 100% my advocate. No question. I love that. So love that part too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, congrats on that. That's always awesome. And I would just kind of ask the question here around how I'm assuming before the process, how that would have gone before was a lot more of, let's say, demonstrational language. Oh, we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And here's what this includes. Mm -hmm. And I've got a feeling that this was a conversation that was more about getting that other person to open up and place themselves inside of it for you. Well, Which, yeah, um, because at the, the end, the, the adult diagnosis, you and I've talked about this before the adult diagnosis right there with you. It's like, Oh, we're best friends now. <laughs> yeah. It's that place where it's like, Oh wait, I don't need to do as much. I can let them really direct this process in a way that feels more organic and let it naturally develop as opposed to if you act now and the more salesy pressure type stuff, which I've got the feeling. 100%. And you know, the thing that you said to me was at the, you said at the end, like, so when you, when I brought them to the point of, would you like to hear about the program? So I would get into the weeds with that mm-hmm. and cause some confusion. So you just helped me tweak and refine that so that it was more like you just said, sharing a step and saying, how would it feel if you had that? So how would it feel if you were, if you had a very clear vision of what you want moving forward? What would it be like if you could create more time and energy for yourself? So you helped me take, instead of going down a laundry list at the very end of, well, you get this and you get this and you get this and it'll do this and it'll do this. It was about letting them kind of experience and imagine going through that process. So I think that was really powerful. Yeah. So thank you for speaking in there. Thank you. It's that, that telling doesn't always equal selling. Right. And more importantly said with love, the stuff that you and I can get really, really excited about is not necessarily the thing that the audience is going to get excited about. Right. So it's that I'm using this method and this other thing and this is going to be videoed and this other library and just, yeah, but what does it do? And as soon as we have that activated, which thank, thank you so much for sharing that. I'd love to move to another moment though, which was getting into some of the specifics that, which again, that aspect of the brain that goes, am I doing this right? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And if I can pinpoint it, and we were chatting on text before we dove into this to go, call out the text. It's like, I don't know if this actually counts as viral. I go compared to what it was before viral is a subjective measurement. And here were the views before. <laughs> Here's the one that suddenly got like 5,000 responses right. and interactions and started to really build out the channel as well. And it's more of a recent thing that you posted that I'd just be curious to hear. I think it was like a $2,500 client that popped up somewhere and they'd come from the videos. If I have the sequence of that, right? Well, they did come from a video on a landing page that you actually suggested I embed in that landing page. So that particular client had attended my uh, embodying health and happiness vision board workshop. And I had posted the landing page in the group and then you gave feedback and 
by the way, like when you give feedback in the group, it's very, like, it's very in-depth and extensive, the videos, the Loom videos and so on, like they're really, really helpful. Um, and you said, you have a line written here and you need to be saying this, like you need a video and this is exactly what you should be saying in the video. And it was along the lines of, so that you can show up as the God, so that you can show up in your life as the goddess that you are. Instead of keeping, that was it, instead of keeping yourself small, that you're able to fully show up in your life like the goddess that you are. So I, I did, I made a video, I put it into the landing page. And so that was part of uh, the marketing of that, that client came to that workshop. But with that 5,000 view um, Facebook reel, and I didn't think I had a lot of limiting beliefs about showing up on camera because I, I do that a fair bit. And I've always been like, I, in my profession, in my mental health profession, I was a presenter and did trainings and all the things, but I've been reflecting a lot on this because I was, I did kind of pushing it to the side. So I need mm -hmm. to do tick. I need to get on TikTok. I need to do more reels. I need to do this. I need to all around the reels and the and doing the attraction sprint, which is a period of about three weeks inside your program where we post to get feedback on our reels, that really prompted me to just get up and start doing it. Lo and behold, that particular reel got the most traction of any reel that I had done. It was one on people pleasing. Are you a people pleaser or are you just really nice? And uh, <laughs> reel got a lot of attention. Something I need to continue now to be consistent with and to be refining and. Well, there's two sides of that. One is that playful phrase that I'll use here is that when you're the person that does the thing, you're the person that does the thing. So somewhere in this conversation was that moment of having to decide, here's this program that no, because I know this is what's going to work best. This is going to be six months. Here's what that's going to look like. And for many people, it's just that one time of getting someone to say yes to then go, oh, that's what that is now. I've proven that this works. And then here comes people's stories and here's come people's wins as you're working with them too. And it is to say that, you know, I think all of us in some way will find that way to kind of hide in our own individual ways. And it may be more profound with others. It may be more muted with others. And it comes around to, well, I would just ask you directly, what would you say is that sort of visceral difference inside of you now to go, I know I can, and this is what's the next step? Well, it really comes down to the like Nike expression, like just do it. Mm -hmm. And you're very good with the accountability piece because I was like, oh, you know, but there's so much action going on up here in my head and it's this and it's that. And you're, you were like, yep, I have all that too. But, you know, you just need to do it. And the other thing, you know what prompted that though too was the big domino. Yeah, that piece in your program with the big domino where you name the thing, mm -hmm. right? That you need, must do. Uh, that's been on the list that you've been pushing to the side that you've been making excuses about and so on. And that was, that was my big domino that week well, was to make three TikToks. And the big thing on that was that when we have that moment of actually doing it, which this is not just for the sake of, oh, put it out there to the world. Just put yourself out there. Keep talking until someone listens. It's mm -hmm. that we need that feedback. Suddenly here's the one that took off and that tells you now, oh, they want more of this. And if I remember that 
I think that was one of the ones that was the, here are the five points and it's the, oh, this is easy now. Just take the individual things and now make those their own spotlight feature each time through. And having that clarity in terms of that, this is who it's for. This is why it's going out. And um, just for my entertainment here, not that I'm going to ask you to do this, but you didn't go on there and dance, right? No. Although if you look at my Instagram, there is me doing one little dance. Once and let's time. let's feature this right <laughs> it now. It also got a lot of views, but, so. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is about you know really providing education, like educating the audience, and that is the next step. Then is to use the things that so the two lists of uh, traits and characteristics of people pleasing behavior to then morph those into belief shifts, right? Because you can break free from these, you know, I want to say unconscious or translate patterns of behaviors that kind of locked into right now, like you can break free from those. So creating a belief shift, that's the next, that's the to be continued. That's what's coming next. Thank you for listening to Attract Pre-Sold Clients, where you get strategies proven to work in businesses around the world. I'm Jason Lynette. And if you're ready to crush the confusion of what to say and how to say it to consistently attract your dream clients, check out our free resources today at attractpresoldclients.com.